You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. So this hour, I said we would shift our focus to the political, the domestic political implications of the situation in Ukraine. Interesting. On Saturday at my website, I asked which border will have a greater impact on the 2022 midterms. There were 22,369 votes cast. 55% said the Mexican-United States border. 45% said the greater impact on the 2022 midterms will be what's going on on the Ukraine and Russia border. I'm in good company because Dan Balls is the chief correspondent for the Washington Post, and he's just written a piece that comes under the headline, Will the War in Ukraine Change America's Political Landscape? Dan, thank you so much for coming back to the program. I really appreciate it. Uh, We're thinking in similar terms, which is what might be the domestic fallout when the dust finally settles? What general thoughts do you have? Well, the first general thought I have is that it's too early to be able to make any um, you know, serious predictions on this. I mean, we, we know from past history that, uh, that what, what things look like in the, in the early stages of a conflict like this don't necessarily uh, last until you get to an election. And we've seen presidents who've been, you know, whose approval ratings have soared, both, both Presidents Bush saw their ratings hit around 90 percent um, because of Middle East conflict. Um, and we saw what ultimately happened to both of them. Um, first, President Bush was not reelected when he tried to get reelected in 1992. George W. Bush um, held on longer and scraped through a tough reelection battle in 04. But by the time uh, the 08 election came around, that war had soured so many people that uh, it made it possible uh, for Barack Obama to win. Anyway, that's a long way of saying right now it does not look as though this conflict uh, between Ukraine and Russia is having a significant effect on the domestic political landscape, but we can't rule it out. I had a caller just a few moments ago who called and said that he wished, uh, the short version is, he wishes that President Biden would show more muscle. Uh, you know, his critics tag him as leading from behind, being weak, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, well, here's here's the glass half full analysis. The glass half full analysis is that he's put together this NATO alliance with with damn near no exception. And no U.S. troops have been committed to 
this battle so far. Isn't that a feather in his cap? Those are the arguments reduced to their simplistic terms, right? They are. um, And and you're absolutely right. I think Biden, in in talking to people in Europe over the last weeks, um, Biden gets a significant amount of credit for leading and putting together the coalition that you just described, which has so far held very well. Um, there, you know, there there are some cracks in it, um, and he will be going to uh, Europe this week to, for a NATO meeting. Um, he's also going to be going to Poland for a meeting with the Polish president, um, and he has worked as as along with his team. He has worked assiduously over many many months to prepare people for what might have happened, and then once it did happen. Uh, to keep people on board with very tough sanctions and other things. It's not easy to keep that many countries together. Um, NATO has been rejuvenated. The European Union has a mission that it has not had in the past. And people overseas give the president a lot of credit. If you look at the polling that is being done now, the Pew Research Center had a poll out last week that indicates clearly that, you know, that this country is united in the belief that that uh, this war that, that Putin has launched um, is is wrong, is horrific, and that Putin has become a common enemy of the left and the right in this country. What hasn't happened yet is that any of the credit is going to President Biden. There's been no noticeable increase in his approval ratings, which are not particularly strong, to say the least. I, I talked to one Republican pollster the other day who said, you know, at best it's gone up his approval rating has gone up maybe a couple of points. But he said, when I looked at the, you know, the internals of that, that research, he said, what it looked like is that, that Democrats had come home. We know that there'd been some erosion in support um, among Democrats in the way the president has been doing his job. Uh, and so this has had an effect of kind of rallying the democratic base, but it doesn't seem to have moved independents who have moved away from from President Biden during his first year plus in office. On the other side of the aisle, has it opened a schism within the GOP that is Trump related? Well, there, yes, to, to some extent it has. Um, you know, we know that before the invasion or just on the eve of the invasion, President Trump described Putin as a genius. Um, and, you know, there are many, many establishment Republicans who recoil at that. I think two things have happened. One is that um, even some people who are relatively loyal to Trump are are not prepared to go at all that far or to embrace that kind of view that the former president has made. And and to some extent, I think the former president has has tried to you know pull himself back a little bit from that. But we know the history of his relationship with with Putin uh, that he's been you know overly friendly, if you will, and exceedingly uh, uh, generous toward him, even at times when it was clear where Putin's heart was on a lot of things. Uh, one of the things we've seen is that there is there is greater hawkishness on the part of Republicans to do more. I mean, the, your caller I think outlined that well. That, that, that there are a number of Republicans who think that the, that the United States ought to be pushing harder for things like the transfer of, of military jets um, from NATO to Ukraine. Um, and I think that that may reflect, to some extent, more general Republican sentiment 
Um, if the president were to do that, he would probably have more Republican support than Democratic support, frankly. Um, but again, the question, going back to your basic question about how is this going to affect the political landscape heading into November, again, it's not clear that any of that would attach itself to uh, Republicans um, feeling better about President Biden to the to the point that it could affect, you know, turnout in the election or the the desire to make other issues, um, the southern border being one of them, um, and, and inflation obviously uh, to be the more prominent issues in the in the fall campaign. Yeah, the prospect of a mass migration event. Uh, I'm I'm following the reporting on that, the pent up demand and this Title 42 issue, which I know Dan Balls is familiar with, but that in tandem with gas prices. Uh, whatever the situation may be in Ukraine, there are a lot of wild cards that are still out there. Just w- one last thought on Trump, if I might. I've watched what he has said. I've paid careful attention to it. And his his favorite go to is to simply say that this, meaning the Russian invasion, would never have happened if he were still president. I don't know that that's going to be enough to placate those more hawkish Republican voters. No, I don't either. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's one of those what ifs that you can't answer. Um, he can claim that and he, he claims m- many things about his presidency or his leadership that, that are certainly questionable. Um, it, there's no, there's no particular evidence that, that Putin would not have done this if there were a different president in the White House at this point. He's had his eye on Ukraine for many, many years. He's had his eye on Ukraine when he went into Crimea and they've, you know, there's been conflict and, and warfare in the Donbass region uh, for, for many, many years, as President Zelensky points out with every appearance that he makes. Um, and this was going on during, you know, President Trump's administration. Um, President Putin wants to, in essence, uh, wipe off the idea that Ukraine is a separate country. Um, and that, that has been a longstanding goal. It's not, you know, it's hard to say that this would not have happened under President Trump. So wipe the slate clean and give us the takeaway. Dan Balls, the chief correspondent from The Washington Post, assessing the domestic political implications of Russia's invasion of Ukraine as of today, is saying what? Um, as of today, I would say that it that other issues are still paramount in the way people are thinking about the election, inflation being one of them. And obviously, some of what we're seeing on gas prices has been related to the conflict. But we know that prices have been going up um, long before this conflict occurred. That's the single most important issue. Um, and for uh, for conservatives and for Republicans, southern border is an issue. Rising crime is an issue. Um, and those are the ones that they're they are planning to push. Um, the Democrats are still struggling for uh, a counter message that, that will be effective. Um, history is on the side of the Republicans to gain seats and probably pick up the House. Um, the Senate is a, a, a more difficult battle for a variety of reasons that we probably don't have time to go into today. Um, and at this point, uh, even though Ukraine and Russia is taking up you know, much of the media attention, it's not clear that it's changing the landscape here yet. I agree with all of that. Dan Balls, thank you so much. I appreciate I try not to overstay my welcome. I think you once said quarterly 
you'd be willing to come by quarterly, so I, I'll stick to that. <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, I remember I where we were. Too parsimonious no, here, Michael. <laughs> we were no, we were in Ohio. It was one of the debates. I cornered you in the press room and said how much I enjoyed having you. And I said, "What do you think, quarterly?" And you said, "Yeah, all right, I guess so." So there you go. Thank you, Dan. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Dan's the chief correspondent of the of the Washington Post. I think you two are kindred spirits. I heard you saying everything he just said about what is going to matter. The, that the last, last part. part. Yes. Yes. About what was going to matter. I said it on CNN on Saturday. On CNN, exactly. And in fact, and we we identified, and by the way, I'm not taking credit for it because chances are I read it in Dan's work and then I started parroting him. That's probably what went down. But- uh, when I asked him to sum up, well, you heard it a moment ago. He said, you know, th- this is all very serious business and we don't yet know how the dust will settle. All those caveats. But other issues, meaning non-Ukraine issues, in his opinion, remain paramount. And what did he rattle off? Inflation, which would include gas prices, the situation on the Mexican border. I mean, I talked about it here on uh, POTUS at the end of last week and I did a segment on it on CNN and you said uh, with it's that old adage, Kite. it's that old adage that all politics are local. Right. But, and our heart breaks. But, our but, heart breaks. But, but, but people are going to vote with what's in their backyard. Correct. That is absolutely right. And don't lose sight of the fact that according to Axios reporting, there are 25,000 migrants already assembled on Mexican border towns and another 175,000 right behind them. There's all this pent up demand to come to the U.S., that has not been salved because of this Title 42 Trump restriction that says if they've got communicable diseases, then you can keep them out. Well, now with the pandemic on the wane, you could have a mass migration event within just a couple of months on our southern border. So here's the Biden administration. They come into office dealing with the pandemic, right, which he didn't know when he started running, but he certainly knew by the time that he took office what was was going on. And now the situation in Ukraine and then a mass migration event. So I'm with Dan in not thinking at least as of this stage, that this is a vote that's going to be cast based on what's going on in Ukraine. And related, is Joe Biden going to get a bump? I mean, I have seen a survey where he did get a bump. Is he going to get and maintain a discernible bump from all of this? In in Dan's reporting for the Washington Post, he says that that has not happened. Quote, the president has gotten no noticeable bump in his approval ratings. That court, of course, changed. I mean, maybe we're at a point where nobody gets a bump anymore. Well, and you heard our caller Morris. I mean, if Morris he's is weak. voting, he's, he's leading he's, from behind. It's not, he's not getting a bump. He's getting he's going to decrease. Right. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. 
Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. All right, can we talk about the domestic political side of this? Among other things, New York is where we'll begin. Chris, you're in Kingston. I don't think it's what you called specifically about, but but go ahead and uh, humor the host of the program. How's this all play for Biden when all is said and done? Well, I think, you know, Biden's going to be fine. I'm just worried about the country surviving as a whole. Because Um, you think it, it takes a turn or could take a turn for the worse? I think the day they put a no-fly zone or that the American troops confront Russian troops in the Ukraine, all of us are on the front line and all of us have skin in the game because thinking in the World War II mindset in the World War III era is a cause for concern for me because it means we may just make the biggest mistake of all. Yeah, it's very easy to talk tough from the sidelines. I find myself doing it routinely. This is exactly what I was this is exactly what I was focused on on Saturday when I I put the draft in play with a CNN audience. And the reason that Elliot Ackerman was my guest, he's an accomplished guy and he's a veteran. And but he'd written on exactly this subject before Ukraine. But at the tail end of, you know, the longest wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. And he said, as a military person, we need a draft. And his argument was not just that members of Congress and and I would add, by the way, who need to declare war and you can't have uh, these open ended conflicts without declarations of war related, but different point. But they need to know that their families might be impacted. And then Elliot adds the fiscal aspect of it, that you can't finance these wars with deficit monies, because if if all of a sudden there were fiscal prudence instilled in all of this, as well as 
a broader representation uh, of who's going to actually fight the wars, we'd have a whole different attitude. My favorite uh, tweet, or actually it was from YouTube, my favorite comment from the weekend was one you actually addressed on CNN, but I want to drop it here too because I thought many people said this and I, I thought it was really interesting. Barbara said, we can't get people to wear a mask and you think a draft will happen? You put that one on TV. I did put it on yeah, TV, that was a but good I just comment. thought it was so good. I just thought yeah. it was so fascinating. Here's some it's more. True. Jeff says the military doesn't want to draft. Isn't Russia providing the idea that drafts don't work? Matthew says the rich and influential won't send their children even with a draft. They'll get around it just like they did it before. Tiny Warrior says no draft, but a year of national service for both men and women. Can I interrupt? I like the national service idea. I don't want to be repetitive of things that I've said here before, but I think that would be great. Um, secondly, on the you know the rich, mm-hmm. uh, if there were a draft, I do, I wasn't here for the debate in the '60s, okay? But I can't believe that America in 2022 would allow, for example, a college exemption. I cannot believe that it did take place, and I can't imagine that we would allow that to take place. Well, it might not be that, but you don't think that people would find a way to get out well, of it? Well, I think that people would definitely try to game the system. That That's a tale as, as, as old as time. Uh, and your first point was degradation of the military, meaning that the, the military, because they're so finely tuned and trained, they don't want a bunch of civilians coming in and mucking it all up. How about this one? This is one as, an, as a nicer way to end the pop-up social media report. Jim Griner says, getting drafted gets people from different backgrounds together. No doubt. You've made that point before. Yes. Well, let's draft them for peace instead. Uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. Ed, greetings. What are you thinking? Hey, uh, Michael, thanks for taking my call. Hey, two quick things um, on Ukraine. Now, we've sent them billions of dollars. We've sent them all this military equipment. We've actually enhanced the military equipment. They've asked for some more sophisticated things lately. Now, back when Russia was starting to mass troops on the borders at um, in January, um, why? how many roads can there possibly be into Ukraine from Russia that Russia has used to bring all this stuff in? Why, why did we not provide the military equipment why did Ukraine not put it on those entry points and just stop Russia from coming in to begin with? Now, meaning that's, tear, that's my first meaning question. Meaning tear, tear up the roads? No, no. Just just block them with uh, with all that artillery and all ah. those all those weapons. Why, why couldn't they have just done the same thing Russia was doing on their side of the border, and then Russia could not have gotten to Kiev? And they live in, in those it. cities. Sure. And then the, the other point about the money is, where is this money going? How do we know that it's going to uh, the right? Uh, we have no clue. Uh, so I, I don't know. Come on. It's just. Well, it like, always look, it always out. happens. It always happens. I, I've interviewed here over the years, individuals. Uh, Intel guys, mostly who were were flying into Afghanistan and flying into Iraq with with just bundles and bundles of cash, in particular in Pakistan, trying to cut <laughs> deals when we were looking for bin Laden. I mean, there's there's always yeah. there's always a factor of of what gets away from us, whether through graft or, or through just the best of intentions. I guess that's probably how I should say it. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. 
Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Plainview, Nebraska. Daryl, weigh in on this whole Ukraine situation. What, what, what are you thinking? Well, as I told your screener, the best indication that uh, this, your guest argued that there was no indication that this would have happened under Trump. Well, the best indication is that it didn't happen under Trump. You think he was just waiting for Joe Biden to take control before he made his move? Maybe he wasn't ready to make his move. Well, maybe, but your guest said in his next sentence, he's had his eye on Ukraine for a long time, and right. he waited until Joe Biden's in there. Well, he did. I mean, I don't know that that's, you can't say that's the reason that he moved. There's definitely no, a correlation. you can't, but it's an there's argument. Yeah, oh, for sure. There's correlation. How's that? Whether there's causation, I don't know. Um, One I, other thing, I, yeah, I heard sure. this morning that... All of the stuff that we have given Ukraine in money and weapons is one forty-fourth of what we left in Afghanistan. I don't doubt that. I don't know what the basis is, but I don't. I don't doubt it. Makes intuitive sense to me. If your question is, was the withdrawal of Afghanistan 
uh, haphazard and rushed? I think the answer is clearly that it was. I think that it clearly was. And I think that Putin, it's easily argued that Putin sat back. And when he watched this shit show of a Biden administration, he said this is the time. Well, you're obviously not giving any credit, though, to Biden for not committing us to the war and assembling the alliance. I mean, I hear the criticism of Biden as, quote unquote, leading from behind. I think if he were out in front, on, and I'm not here to carry his water, I just feel like this needs to be said, that if he were out in front more, then it becomes the U.S.'s war. I don't want it to be the U.S.'s war. I like well, it. That I don't it's either. Na- and I don't criticize what he's doing now because what's going on now, it's, it's too late. Right. I mean, he, he can't commit troops. He can't do this, and he shouldn't. But its causation is what I'm talking about. Right. You see causation. You don't see correlation. I got it. Hey, Daryl, thank you, sir. Appreciate the phone call very much. The the schism, the schism between uh, Republicans, I think, is really something to keep an eye on, because I've been watching what Trump has to say when he speaks to crowds or when he does one of the interviews. The one I saw most recently was, uh, I guess, with Hannity and you know, his go to is to say, well, it, it never would have happened if I were president. And my caller, who you just heard from Nebraska, thinks that's true. But he doesn't go as far as I would like him to go in then condemning what Putin has done here. Instead, you know, it's, it's the old line of him once having praised him as a genius. I guess that was as the war was taking shape that is front and center with what I hear him saying. Mike, you're in the Bay Area in California. Let's talk about the, the Trump factor. You just heard the gentleman from Nebraska says he believes it's, it's causation, that Putin moved because of Biden's weakness. Your thought is what? I, I think Putin was going to do this regardless of who's, who's in office. But to say Trump is showing us strength, like he, he dodged a war. He's never put a family member in, in the military, refuses, says they're weak. And then we sit around here and praise him as this strength uh, leader. I, I just, I don't understand. He he ends up in the bunker during BLM uh, protests in his neighborhood. I just, I he don't was up, get He was uh, upset. He was upset when that reporting came out. Very uh, if you if you remember right, the reporting was that they they and and I'm I don't think there anybody ever said it was his initiative, but that it was recommended to him for security reasons that he go to the bunker, and he and did. He did, and he did. Yeah, and look at Zelensky; he's out there fighting. That's that's leader. Okay, and I think we're doing the right thing. We're not putting our troops in harm. We just got out of war. We just got out. And all these people complain about is the last 14 soldiers that died in that war. The rest of them don't really matter on the right. I, I don't understand. We're, we're doing this just right. I think Biden has brought the world together. That, that's just how I feel. Uh, I love your guys' show. TC, you're great. You guys have oh, a boy. nice day. Thank you, sir. Uh, the Chiron on MSNBC says Russia summons U.S. ambassador to Russia. That must be the... Russian ambassador to the United States. It's not as if they could be summoning, you know, our ambassador. 
that's a breaking story. We'll keep an eye on on that as well. Jack, you're in Missouri. Greetings. What did you most want to say? Thank you for all these calls, folks. I, I'm trying, as you can tell, since Ukraine has began has begun to get as many opinion from all over the country, whatever the opinion might be, so that this is a clearinghouse of everybody's thoughts. Go ahead, Jack. Hello, oh, Jack. Go ahead, sir. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't know you. Uh, yeah, I was just calling in and say that um, that the war itself was a mistake, and I blame it on the United States, NATO, and the leader of the Ukraine. Because they, if they had reviewed everything, and the intelligence would have known that they would have went to war, and they, how far they wanted to get involved, that nuclear power, they should have immediately said, how much effect? If it's a peaceful solution, does the Ukraine affect all the rest of the countries as far as their economy, their military? It wouldn't have made one ounce of difference if if, uh, if the Ukraine didn't join the NATO. And the leader of that country, he gets over there and he signs some document. We're going to become the EU like he's some hotshot leader. And by him telling him we're arming all the civilians and we're going to have a fight, then that's another stupid thing because the war is Jack. just going to go on longer and the longer it goes, now they have ma- massive people flooding out of the country. To, they're going to start shooting on the civilians because they're just like more military. Wait a minute. That's, in your, in your list of who's culpable, you didn't have Putin or Russia. Did I, did I miss here? Well, just remember the intelligence is right. You know, they were going to go into the Ukraine, you know, like when they went, in, they went into Libya, you know, but why aren't you blaming we blew the country off the face of okay. the earth and had right. people Europe? Thank you, sir. I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why you're not blaming the invader. Instead, you're saying, "Oh, the intel was right." So, so what? We're blaming people who didn't react instead of blaming the person that we we predicted was coming, and he was. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. This is Paul. Greetings, Paul. What are you thinking? Hey, uh, I was just thinking all the people that uh, say this wouldn't have happened if Trump was still president. Well, what's the first thing that Trump said when he heard that Putin invaded? He thought it was a smart move. Does that sound like a guy that would have stopped Putin from invading? Right. I guess if he had, if he had asked Trump to make a smart move, he would have said, uh, sure. If it were so smart, go well, ahead and do it. Yeah, he certainly wasn't against it. And then on top of that, he said uh, that it was a smart move because it's for $2 worth of sanctions. We know Biden, you know, Biden's team really pushed to uh, get all of Europe and the rest of the world to sanction Putin. That certainly wouldn't have happened under Trump. I have to ask. Thank you, Paul. I have to ask as a survey question. Let's put this one on the list. How how does the Russian invasion actually we'll make it Putin's invasion? How does Putin's invasion of Ukraine uh, impact Trump's likelihood of winning the GOP nomination. We'll shorten it and clean it up. And probably the answer is not at all. Meaning does like it, positive, negative. Does it? Does or not, it? Oh, does it? Does, does it? it? Does Trump's... Does Putin's invasion. Does Putin's invasion of Ukraine, Ukraine... Impact Trump's... Got it. Right. Yeah, I think that would... That, the polling be, department is on it. Uh, the polling department has a long list of, of things that I've been I've been eager to get to, so... So that's good. But we have a good question today. We have a very good question today. It's it's a little highbrow, and it asks you whether we should be empowering Zelensky to negotiate away the U.S. sanctions as part of a peace deal with Putin. 
Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.